everyone. Welcome to the pod. My name is Paige. And I'm Emily. And I'm Bella's small intestine. And I'm Bella's large intestine. And we're both about to have the worst fucking day of our lives. And you're listening to Tuesdays Are for Twilight. What's up, Paige? Been a couple weeks since we recorded. How's it going? Going pretty great. Guess what I have cooking in the crock pot right now? I think you're going to scream. <sighs> Pulled pork? Yes. Hell yeah. I'm so excited for you. I have it cooking on low, and I've it's been cooking for like four hours, and then I'm not planning on eating it for like probably another three. It's going to be so tender. I'm going to be able to rip it apart with my teeth. It's going to be so good. Low and slow. That's the only way, baby. Also, I need the listeners to know that Paige is currently holding Tina like a baby and patting her also like a baby as if she's being burped. She loves it. Her face. <laughs> um, thanks for the nice messages and likes on our posts from last week. Um, really what happened the week before last week is Paige and I were just like fucking drowning in work. I worked a 12-hour day on the day that we normally record. <laughs> so it was just not gonna happen. But we're back and it's all good. If you're familiar with the audio of Nicki Minaj, where she's like, that's how Emily and I were both going last week. It's true, but we did get to see each other, which was pretty rad. I gave Paige some pickles that my mom made. The amount of pickles in my bloodstream right now is insane. (laughs) Um, I cannot lie. I forgot to think of something for recommendations corner. So you go first while I think. Okay, my recommendation... Some of you might be familiar with it. Some of you might not. Um, It's a new PC game that has come out. It's called Cult of the Lamb. It has me by a chokehold, this game. I really get into, and I talked about this in the last episode, I get into hyperfixation modes where I, like, I get really obsessed with something, and then once I finish that thing, I have to find the next thing that I want to focus my attention on because I will not enjoy the activity if I'm not like fully invested in it. And so the cross stitch was kind of like, I was, I was feeling it for sure, but it did feel like a placeholder. Like I knew I was going to enjoy it. And I love the feeling of completing a task and, or a gift, like I was saying, but it wasn't like it was 100% captivating my attention. I was recommended this game by two people. Shout out to Celeste and I guess shout out to Will. Throw up emoji. Um, <laughs> but they both s- said I would love this game. This game, if you like Animal Crossing and you also like cult, demonic weirdness, you will love this game. Graphics, amazing. Music, awesome. The storyline, super interesting. It's very, also, like, has an element of, like, Sims-esque to it. Like, basically, the gist is that you're this lamb, and you've been executed by these gods. And the this, like, other god who's been imprisoned by the free gods resurrects you to be a cult leader for this god. And so then you have to go through many levels of 
fighting those other gods and increasing your cult. So like you'll rescue different animals or like indoctrinate them into your cult. And then you set up your cult like base camp. So you'll have like, like a, a sanctuary where you do sermons and rituals and stuff. You have like your place where you chop wood and you iron or uh mine ore and you like make all these buildings and stuff and you have to take care of all of your cult followers and it's it's like it's an action game mixed with animal crossing it's insane it is so cute but so demonic i when i say it has me by a chokehold i am not exaggerating this game i cannot stop thinking about it so if you are in interested in those things i think it's like 25 bucks on steam right now i don't think it's compatible with mac I, i'm not sure i'm playing it on pc but i'm gonna guess it's not compatible on mac um but i would highly recommend it if you are interested in that sort of thing you should be sponsored by them because i feel like that was very great advertising recommendation Please, Cult of the Lamb. I, I literally told, so I've been reconnecting with one of my childhood best friends um, over Instagram, and she had posted that she was in a fit of insomnia and was playing it. And I told her, I was like, I would literally give the creators my firstborn child if they asked for it, because this game is so good. <laughs> I'm dead. Something you said about, well, just the thing that you said about like being kind of Sims-like made me think of something that is not my recommendation, but this is a bonus recommendation. I was on Clean Talk this morning, which as a person with OCD, yes. And I <laughs> I was reading through the comments on this one video and someone asked, how do you find motivation to clean? And someone commented on that comment and said, um, just pretend you're a Sim, it's what I do. And I thought that was hilarious. And also maybe try it. <laughs> I think it can't hurt. Yeah, really. I mean, romanticize cleaning and also speak in gibberish while you're doing it. Have a diamond over your head. <laughs> My real recommendation is the Netflix show Never Have I Ever. Have you seen it? I have not seen it, but it is created by Mindy Kaling, correct? Yes. So I'm sure it's amazing. Yes, it's good. It's very lighthearted. It feels like the sitcoms of our childhood, except like actually politically correct and not offensive in any way but like the same kind of like comedic timing and like kind of a weird narrator there's not like a laugh track that would be weird I feel like but it's just lighthearted, and yeah I really like it hell yeah brother all right while we were away we did get a bunch of messages from a bunch of people so thank you to all of you want to give a special shout out to Sky who sent us like a super long email that Paige and I both got email about and like couldn't answer for days because we were too emo. We were too emo and Sky just so happened to email us at like the possibly the worst time in the span of this is not like I'm not trying to be insulting in any way like it's just the timing was not great and also the response warranted like sitting down and reading it and like responding to a lot of things which I loved so many good things to respond to so very sorry about the length of time it took but it was so heartfelt and like some of you people are taking notes and I love that I know it's crazy we have a listener to Tom shout out Tom who's doing like a re-listen like he started from the beginning and I'm like low-key self-conscious about it because I'm like <laughs> what are we saying? Like, I'm sure it's stupid. 
I I have a very distinct memory from it was like I want to say the first fucking episode and I remember it because you disagreed with me and it was like oh no I've said something wrong but it was something to the extent of Bella had commented on I think it was Eric's acne and I was like wow Bella's really judgmental here like I did not care for that and you were like I don't view her as that like she I feel like she's pretty like forgiving or or at least like sees the best in people and I think about that all the time that that's literally an episode one and I'm like she's not like that at all I was just self-conscious because I had acne I mean to be fair I feel like that description that Bella gave was out of pocket so we were both right but this is just to to piggyback on who knows what what we were saying back in ye old 2019. So true. Um, it was 2020, but we did just cross our two-year anniversary. I think it was on the 7th? Today, when we're recording, it's the 13th. So that's pretty rad. Thanks to all those who have been here since day one. I'm I'm talking about you, Jem. I'm talking about you, Anne. All the real, the baddies out there. You all rock. And also the people who have joined us along the way, because you're also baddies. I always, I have a really bad habit, I think I've mentioned this before on the pod, of like loving things like just a little too late. <laughs> like Euphoria, for example, like I got really into it, but then no one wanted to talk about it because I was like six months behind. So I get it. I get it. And I see you. You are heard here. <laughs> Okay, so it feels like a distant, blurry memory, maybe because I am blocking it out. But what did you think of Breaking Dawn chapters 11 and 12? So 11, which is titled um, the two, like the two things that I would I'd never thought I'd want to do or something like that, something along those lines. I'm pretty sure I nailed it on the head with my guessing as to what it was about. You know, I'm I was really really thinking that there was going to be some kind of showdown between Sam and Jacob. And I don't know if it was necessarily like a showdown because Jacob wasn't wanting to fight, but it was what I was thinking that there was going to be some, I, I really felt like Jacob was going to break away from the pack. And I remember many episodes ago, it may have been a new moon. It may have been an eclipse. Um, but we were talking about, why Jacob wasn't in charge or if he, if he would want to be in charge. And I had said something along the lines of like, I think he would if he needed to, but he does not strike me as the kind of person who wants to give orders to people. And I'm glad to see that vibe continues on that. Like he does kind of stay resolute with that character trait of his. And I really respect that about him that, you know, like he's standing up for what he believes in and he's not going to force anyone to, do that as well like he doesn't want to be that person I think it's really cute how Seth is like I don't know I I really I've enjoyed Seth since the beginning and he's just like he is this one snappy guy um I feel I wish things with Leah would be better um I don't know I it just bums me out that I feel like a bunch of the characters that are women are just kind of written kind of mean and we're not supposed to like them. I, I think Leah's cool, and I wish I wish there was more love towards her. The second chapter, uh, whatever that one's called. Oh, People Who Aren't Welcome. That one took a twist. <laughs> 
as soon as Jacob said something like, um, that baby's going to come out and all it wants is going to be blood or something like that, I knew exactly where it was going. I, like, I, 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 I'm like, say no more. We don't need to elaborate. I know exactly where this is heading. And I, I do got to say, I'm, I mean, I'm not surprised that Bella is like, I'm not a bitch. I'll do what I got to do to protect the people that I love. I'm interested to see how it goes. I guess we'll see. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) a couple of responses to what you said. Um, First, with Jacob and not wanting to order people around, I really respect that too, because I order people around and I'm not in charge. (laughs) You're just trying to achieve that alpha alpha sense, even though, like, wolf hierarchy isn't it isn't real (laughs) yeah I know I know you could have been my therapist in that moment um not that I have one but I know if I did they would say that the second thing oh there's this really good article comparing I believe it's been a while since I've read it but I believe it's Bella Rosalie and Leah that we'll read a little bit later on because I think it has spoilers in it but yeah, there's just a lot of good discourse in the fandom about, like, how fucked up it is that the way that Steph, like, characterizes women, like you said. And, yeah, Bella Swan, a lot of people. This bitch who fainted when there was one, parentheses, one drop of blood in biology class. I, this really, really made me wonder, was Stephanie playing the long game? Like, do you think that Stephanie knew that planting, I feel like I, I'll finish my statement and then I'll feel, I'll say how I feel. Was she planting this seed in the first book to really make us believe that Bella couldn't stand blood that would eventually lead to this? I think not specifically this, however, it was implanted to be like she hates blood and we're foiling her against her love interest who's a vampire but like you really set it up Steph that this the ending of this chapter is quite unbelievable like I I believe Bella would try but at the same time I'm like I don't know if Bella would yeah I agree with you I was gonna say that exact same thing I think like it probably doesn't go that deep like she just wanted it to be like Good and bad, Adam and Eve, blood and no blood, or whatever. Yeah, I, um, I, I want to know, so was the blood that they had, is it, did they say it's Bella's blood that they, like, took out at some point, or it's just, like, O-positive blood? They said it's set aside for Bella. So they don't clarify whose blood it belongs to. No, I guess it doesn't, it's not like, I mean, they explain it in the next chapter, but I'll just tell you because I'm being weird and I don't know why. Um, Carlisle had basically gotten it from the hospital to be there in case, like, Bella as a vampire, like, would need it, wouldn't, like, settle for animal blood, whatever. Gotcha. I, there are some questionable Carlisle things in this, these chapters, we'll get into it, but that, I'm like, I think that's a crime. I mean, a lot of the things they do are crimes, but I'm like, 
does this violate HIPAA? I like or your what is it called the hip hippocratic oath where it's like do no harm this seems like it could potentially be construed as harm i mean i agree i just feel like that blood was probably needed somewhere else i guess but if it were bella being a vampire needing to drink the blood versus a a person who just was in a car crash and lost a lot of blood and they needed the blood i would rather it go to the person who was just in a car crash Yep. (laughs) Also, quick side note to the listeners. I am on call for work, so if you hear vibrating in the back, it's because I have to keep an eye on my phone. But that's all. Also, listeners, I live directly in front of an elementary school, and school just got out. So if you hear any screaming, it's the unruly youths of Fort Collins. Or it could be us screaming. You don't know. Who's to say? Let's jump in. I'm going back to the beginning of chapter 11. Here we go. Okay, so where we left off, basically Jacob was trying to resist Sam's order to go attack the clones and kill, take out Bella. And he was not able to because Sam was the alpha. So when this chapter opens up, you know, they're just kind of getting ready and... Jacob is supposed to fight with Quill and Embry, so they're kind of, like, bugging him, like, come on, like, come with us, you gotta do this. And then, like, almost immediately, there is this, uh, just, like, little seed of a thought in Jacob's head, where he's like, if anyone could not do this, it'd be me. And then, like, without really any other things happening, he's on his own. which. I don't really understand the science of this because as we find out later, you can't that. So when Seth and Leah leave to be with Jacob, Seth, Leah and Jacob cannot hear the other's thoughts, but I'm like, how are they hearing it now then? Maybe because he hasn't like departed yet. Yeah, that's actually a good question. I feel like, like once he leaves, that's like cutting the ties like he's there communicating with them in person but once he removes himself from being in their proximity then that's like snipping things yeah that makes sense actually um because yeah sam is not pleased he can tell right away because jacob has like the alpha voice which i is very teen wolf to me i don't know very timbray um I also like that Jacob kind of has like a little bit of a like you got me there moment I'm just gonna read this is top of page 210 um this is Sam talking this isn't about them he snarled at me this is about Bella she has never been the one for you she has never chosen you but you continue to destroy your life for her they were hard words but true words I sucked in a big gulp of air breathing them in Maybe you're right, but you're going to destroy the pack over her, Sam. No matter how many of them survive tonight, they will always have murder on their hands. I do like that he was like, T, but also. (laughs) I feel like this chapter, and I feel, well, a little bit of the past chapters, but a lot of this chapter, I feel like Jacob was being fucking for real. Like, I feel like we're getting back to a Jacob that I can respect a little bit you know like he seems 
more sure of himself and confident. And while he's still angry and emotional a lot, I feel like there is some critical thinking and some some positiveness behind his actions. Yeah, I agree. It's hard to say, like, if he does this for any reason other than Bella, but it does kind of seem like he does kind of take pity, at least on, like, Carlisle, which we saw before he even made this decision. So I do feel like there's, gen- there's like, a genuine nature to his decision to break away from his pack. Yeah, and I feel like also, like, seeing the way that he treats... I mean, the way he treats Seth and the way that he treats Leah is different, but he, like, doesn't want Seth to be with him, like, for his own safety, basically. Like, I feel like he really is looking out for people aside from himself in this chapter. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, Sam basically tries to fight, and Jacob's like, no, like, that's not what I want. I'm just, I'm out of here. So... He takes off. Also, before we move on from this scene, I just, everyone else watching this, you kind of mentioned this off air page when you're talking, but I'm just picturing everyone else watching this like eyeball, lips, eyeball. Yes, that's exactly what I was, whatever you were going to say, I was going to follow it with that specific thing. (laughs) Can you imagine? So awkward. Yeah, this is like when, when you're sitting in class and a student is arguing with the teacher and like you have no stakes in anything you're just like can we like wrap this up (laughs) yeah for real that's so funny um so he runs away and he's expecting them to chase him but they don't but then he thinks one of them is but it turns out it's just seth jumping ship and Paige kind of already said like Jacob tells him right away to, like, go home. He doesn't want to order people around. He doesn't want Seth, like, putting himself in danger and all that stuff. But Seth makes a really good point of, like, I don't think that they're coming after us, clearly. And also, we don't have to fight them. We can just, like, let the colons know what's popping. Yeah, Seth Seth is also being fucking for real. Like, he he doesn't listen to Jacob throughout this entire thing. And he's like, he wants to help. And he's like, like going out of his way to do patrols and like really show off. He does suck at the howling of, of it all, but he's a cutie. I love him. Yeah. I want to protect him at all costs. Um, so they show up at the Cullen house to let them know what's going on. And, <laughs> Edward is feeling some type of way uh, because Bella's dying in front of his eyes. <laughs> don't mean to laugh, but. I, I don't know. I kind of do. I don't know what else to do. <laughs> Can I say something before we move on? So I I guess there just hasn't been. I mean, there's been a little bit in this section and like a little bit when we've read in Jacob's perspective in past books. But like when we're when we're talking about Jacob from Bella's perspective, when he's a wolf and she talks about like like petting his russet fur and looking into his yellow eyes, like it's cringy, but it's not like I get it. You know, I get it. 
reading Jacob describing himself as a wolf and the wolf things, like I'm looking at the bottom of page 213. He says, I blinked. My tail swished nervously as I realized what he was thinking underneath the words. All of the actions that like describe his wolf body to me just reminds me of like some, like a furry, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but it's harder for me to take it seriously than hearing it from Bella's perspective. Like, I've only ever been on the internet and seen just, like, jokes about this kind of a thing, so it's hard for me to read it seriously. I think that's fair. I'm not, I haven't really read much furry lore myself, so I didn't really notice it, but I also read this when I was a child, so... Yeah, I, it's, it's just, I, I feel like wolves especially are very big in, like, fursonas, and just reading it first person is just a little silly to me. Okay, but what else is he supposed to, like, what are you recommending? I'm not recommending anything, I'm just telling you how I feel. (laughs) Okay, okay. No solutions, just complaints. Precisely. (laughs) I'm just messing with you. Okay. Um, so while Jacob is there filling Edward in mentally, Alice shows up, so it turns out she is alive. Where's she been? No comment. Um, I don't know what else I want to say. Seth goes on a patrol. He runs into Carlisle and Esme, who are out hunting. He lets them know what's cracking against Jacob's wishes. And then, oh, and then Seth, so this is what Paige was referencing earlier. Seth hears in Jacob's thoughts that Jacob agreed to kill Edward if Bella dies, and he screams about it, which in wolf form comes out as a howl, so that means that the colons who are listening are probably like, oh my god, something's happening. So Jacob has to circle back and let them know that it's fine. And it's not received very well at all. So I'm just going to read part of page 221. There's nothing out there. You got that? He nodded once. He meaning Edward. This would be a lot easier if the communication wasn't one way. Then again, I was kind of glad I wasn't in his head. He looked over his shoulder back into the house and I saw a shutter run through his whole frame. He waved me away without looking in my direction again and then moved out of my view, which is rude. Me editorializing, but I continue. What's going on? Like I was going to get an answer. Um, and then skipping ahead a little bit, Jacob is like, well, I got to see what this is about. So he starts pacing towards the house. And then this is very cartoony to me. I do have to say how he like looks over. Like, what did he say? He puts an edge up or a paw up on the edge of the porch and is like creeping. It was giving um Little Red Riding Hood. It was giving me Scooby Doo. I could see both. I could see both. But anyways, he looks through the big glass window that we know is in the Cullen's house. And Bella is unwell TM. <laughs> she is in a hospital bed. She's hooked up to a bunch of shit. Um She's, like, clearly, I mean, she's asleep, but she's, like, choking, crying out in pain. 
basically what I'm trying to say is she is about this baby. How long has she been pregnant for? It's a good question. I'm going to have to estimate. So, like, when she asks Edward how many days they've been at the island, he says, like, 12, right? Yeah, something like that. And I'm assuming she got pregnant the first time they had sex. So that's at least 12 days there. Then there's like a small gap because Jacob thought that she had gotten back a few days before she called Charlie. Right. So I would say like 18 days, maybe. Like imagine how fucked up your body has to be to deteriorate that fast. Counterpoint, yes, and counterpoint, imagine how fucked up your body would be if you were growing a baby, an entire living creature, in the span of, like, a month. That's, like, the the stretching? No. No. Can't do it. Honey, you got a big storm coming. <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> So, understandably, Jacob sees this and turns and sprints back into the woods, and that's the end of that chapter. Did you have anything from that one that I skipped? No, that the pause on the window was, like, the turning point for me of, like, I can't handle this. <laughs> I will give you that. That was very comical. It also is is reminiscent to me of Warrior Cats, but, like, in warrior cats, it's like my paws, but it's a it's a literal animal. Like it's which is it worse, perhaps? I don't know. But I don't know. Like there are always animals in that? Yeah, they're just cats. Like they're just wild cats. Okay, okay. Okay, so the next chapter opens up with Jacob trying to get some rest. Seth has taken over because they're just doing like constant patrols to make sure the pack isn't gonna come murder them all. And Leah shows up, and Stephanie is very rude about how she introduces her and how Jacob talks to her and how Leah is portrayed through Jacob's eyes in general. But I, for one, love this intro when she says, morning, boys. I just, I don't know, the swagger. How old is Leah in comparison to Jacob? Is she older? I think she was a senior when Bella was a... Okay, she goes to a spaghetti dinner at in La Push in New Moon, and she says that Leah's a senior at that point, which means that Bella was a junior, so she's like 19, 20. Okay, she's cool. I like her. I bet she has amazing hair. Yeah, yeah. There is a lot of um, Leah, Angela fanfic. Leah, just Leah, insert name here. Leah Angela has me rattled. In a good way, right? In a good way, but also, like, when worlds collide. (laughs) Truly, yeah. But Angela's a witch, remember? That is true. That is true. Okay, so... Seth is very upset that Leah has showed up because he just, like wants to be out here renegating with his pal 
doesn't want his babysitter sister around. And Jacob is annoyed because he doesn't like Leah. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. And also he doesn't want like to create a pack of his own. Like that was not his goal. Yeah, I have a suspicion that if it, because I honestly thought that Quill and Embry were going to show up at some point. Um, So the fact that it was, like, I think if Quill and Embry had showed up, he wouldn't have had this kind of reaction. The fact that it's Leah is just, like, getting under his skin. Yeah. I feel like he still would have been a little annoyed if it was Quill and Embry, but yeah, not as much. Yeah, it would have been, it would have been, like, the way he's acting towards Seth. Right, right. Um, so they kind of argue back and forth on why, or if Leah will stay, why she's there. She says that she's there to keep an eye on Seth, who is, after all, her brother. Yeah, so they just kind of argue back and forth. And then Jacob discovers in her thoughts that she's there, like, on another motive. I'm sure she also really cares about keeping an eye on Seth. But another motive for her, quote-unquote, joining this pack is that she gets to get away from Sam. Yeah, I can't even imagine, like, I know the bitterness and the animosity I have towards my exes, and I, like, the nothing, nothing crazy supernatural happened. They're just dicks. Um, so, like, I can't even imagine, like, being forced to be in close proximity to one who, like, purposefully left you for someone that you know, and you get to read his thoughts. You know what he's thinking and his emotions and feelings towards that person. I would be, I would be bent out of shape. Yeah, I mean, not to get too graphic, but like, I'm sure like through his head, she's seen them having sex. Like, how in love with Sam, or how in love with Emily Sam is. And it literally sounds like my worst nightmare. Couldn't be me. Um, at the bottom of page 228, Seth says, Oh, Leah, you ruin everything. Yeah, I know, she told him, and the thought was loaded with the heaviness of her despair. I felt the pain in these three little words, and it was more than I would have guessed. I didn't want to feel that. I didn't want to feel bad for her. Sure, the pack was rough on her, but she brought it all on herself with the bitterness that tainted her every thought and made being in her head a nightmare. My note for this is, I wonder why she's bitter, you fucking idiot. Like, imagine. I just feel like if he, like, he just got done, I was literally reading aloud saying that he doesn't want to be in Edward's head. Like, he would be so fucking bitter if he had to hear Edward's thoughts, which is a different situation, by the way, because Jacob was never actually with Bella, whereas Leah and Sam were together. It's really funny that you brought that specific quote up because I also have a note for that specific note. Like the, what's the word? The um, audacity. The audacity, but also like when you say something, but the same thing applies to you. Uh, like, I don't know, lack of self-awareness. <laughs> Irony. Irony, something like that. Hello, listeners. The word Paige was trying to think of was hypocrisy. <laughs> But like he's like it was it was horrible being in her thoughts. She was so bitter all the time about someone who didn't love her, bro. As if, as if the entire pack was not sick of you thinking about Bella fucking Swan, who is in love with a vampire, has never once. I mean, I guess 
kind of a little bit, but like never really chosen him or been with him in a romantic way. I feel like there have been multiple times where the pack is like, I hate hearing your thoughts, Jacob. Like, all you do is think about Bella and you're so sad all the time, blah, blah, blah. Oh, the word is killing me. I want to know. the Like, the double, I don't know. I don't know. It's, listeners, if you know the word I'm thinking of, please tweet at us. But just the audacity, the audacity of it, that, like, because Leah's doing it, can't stand it horrible. But when Jacob does it, well, we feel bad for him because he's in love with Bella. I have two things to say, both of which are memes. At Jacob, be fucking for real. And I also feel like Leah is that TikTok audio that's like, it's cool when they do it. It's a problem when I do it. Fuck them. Precisely. <laughs> so at least this makes Jacob realize that she's not leaving. And Leah does a great job of standing up on her, for herself and being like, I'm not leaving unless you make me, which she knows that he won't. So she kind of gets what she wants. I know that you already know the outcome to everything, but when we were leading up to this point when Jacob, like, has read her thoughts and he's like, oh, I didn't realize what this was about. And, like, just, like, the the tone, the, like, competitive, almost, like, playful tone, it felt almost like I, like, for a moment, I thought that there was going to be some sort of love interest spark between Leah and Jacob. And in, in, when we read from Jacob's perspective in Eclipse at the very end, he makes a point to say, I can't believe I once thought that she was beautiful, which I like, I mean, you can think that someone's beautiful and not have romantic feelings, but would Stephanie write that? I don't think so. Um, so I don't know. I just like that, like planted a seed in my brain that I thought that maybe that might happen at some point in this chapter. I don't know. Did you ever get that feeling like the first time you read it that maybe there was like some flirtiness or some perhaps potential love interest there? I mean, I could definitely see it. I know what happens, but so I don't really want to say too much. But I do love a good enemies to lovers trope. I love that as well. <laughs> That's all I'll say for now. Um, so it's decided that she's staying and he f she fills them in on like, basically they decided, the rest of the pack decided that it wasn't like a good idea to attack the clones anymore because they're outnumbered at this point, especially now with Leah gone. And... Leah makes it very clear that she's, like, there to do what she's told and, like, look after Seth. Like, she's not going to be fraternizing with the Cullens. That's very clear. Which, like, I mean, she doesn't have to. She could patrol and not have to talk to any of them. True, true. So now that Seth and Leah are there, Jacob is like, well, I feel like it's safe for me to go, like, check in on the colons and see what the sitch is. So when he gets there, Carlisle comes out to meet him and they sit outside and talk for a bit. I do just want to hear your thoughts on Carlisle here because you kind of alluded to what you were thinking earlier. So basically what I referenced earlier, there basically Jacob and Carlisle have a conversation about the like science of 
vampires and werewolves and like why they're stronger or they have special gifts powers and carlisle says that vampires have 25 chromosomes which i'm pretty sure humans have 23 22 something like that 23 um so they have two extra sets of chromosomes which interestingly there is a an x-files episode where there is there are people like that they're like 20 clones of the same person who have like three extra sets of chromosomes and they're super smart and like like have all these crazy powers but they're also evil um so that's what that made me think of but carlisle makes a point to say like i wish i could check the baby out to see what we're dealing with because like you know a vampire just has vampire dna this baby also is part bella which she's not a vampire so we really don't know what we're dealing with here but the amniotic sac is a fucking geode right now so he can't get the needle in and jacob kind of like I maybe like absentmindedly says out loud or like kind of like just kind of whatever says, I wonder how many chromosomes I have. And Carlisle is like, you have 24. I mean, he says it a little more like guiltily. And Jacob at this point is just so rattled that I feel like this information just is like, he's like, what? How do you know that? And when Jacob was like dying after the fight with Victoria, Carlisle just scooped a little bit of his little bit of his DNA and ran some tests. That's not cool, Carlisle. I mean, I feel like at the time I could see Jacob saying no or yes to that because he was still feeling pretty bitter about the situation. And like I, I could see Jacob saying, like, no, that's my blood. You can't have it. But you know, he's okay with it now. He, like, really doesn't have any issue with it. But I'm like, I have an issue with it. Carlisle, do you have any, any notion? The only time he has ever considered what consent is is when Bella is literally dying. I was going to say, it's interesting juxtaposed, juxtapositioned with, yeah, this, this thing, that his thoughts that he shares about Bella. I mean, obviously, like, taking Jacob's blood is, like, a lot smaller of an act than, like, aborting Bella's baby. But, yeah, will you just read on page 234? Um, start where, yes, Bella is already a daughter to me. Yes, Bella is already a daughter to me, a beloved daughter. But you're going to let her die. He was quiet long enough that I looked up. His face was very, very tired. I knew how he felt. I can't imagine what you think of me for that, he finally said but I can't ignore her will. It wouldn't be right to make such a choice for her to force her. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, I kind of think he's doing the right thing here, but it is pretty fucked up that he, like, took Jacob's blood. That's like, I don't know. I'm, I said that with laughter in my tone, but that actually has been, like, historically a, a major issue with Black and Indigenous populations of, like, white doctors just like testing them for all sorts of things that they did not consent to being tested for I literally I was just typing I don't know if you heard me typing but there was there's a super infamous I want to say like it's famous but honestly it's infamous and I wanted to get her name right so it was a black woman named Henrietta Lacks and she had I want to say she went in for and this is I'm I could be butchering the details but I know the like the generalizations of the story 
I think she had cancer. Um, she had, she went to the doctors for some kind of treatment. They found her cells were like insanely amazing. Like she had super strong, versatile, awesome, really great at growth cells. And without her consent, they took some of her cells and literally to this day, and this happened in, I want to say like the forties, let me double check, 1951. So 1951, they took her cells and have been reproducing them for like medical treatments and stuff to like help people with, but took her cells without her consent. And the family has had absolutely no um, payments for that. No, I maybe the medical community has apologized, but they have not been compensated for that at all. Even though like her body has literally been used without her will to help like thousands and thousands and thousands of people. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it's not, like, we don't have to sit here and say, like, that's not okay, because everyone should know that. But thank you for bringing her up, because it's a very, yeah, it's very, like, parallel. It's almost like, it's parallel, but it's, like, also kind of weird, because Carlisle wasn't pulling Jacob's blood, like, for any specific purpose, other than his own curiosity, which is, like, yikes. It's still, like, like people who are different from you are not your tools to just, like, do experiments on. Exactly. Exactly. I think you summed it up perfectly. Um, so, yeah, Carlisle is explaining all of this about Bella to, um, to Jacob. And that he he's like basically watching them both starve to death because Bella can't keep anything down. And Jacob thinks to himself, um, this is the bottom of page 235. I hated the thing that was hurting her. It wasn't enough for the monster to beat her from the inside out. No, it was starving her too. Probably just looking for something to sink its teeth into, a throat to suck dry. Since it wasn't big enough to kill anyone else yet, it settled for sucking Bella's life from her. Top of page 236. I could tell them exactly what it wanted. Death and blood. Blood and death. So after some more conversation about what we've already talked about between Jacob and Carlisle, Edward comes out and he's like, Jacob had a novel thought. What if we made Bella drink blood? And to me, like everyone's asking like, oh, of course, of course. I'm like, it's not rocket science. Like, maybe I'm giving myself too much credit because I've read this book before, but it's like, y'all didn't think that never crossed your mind. Never. It really makes me think of back in Eclipse when it was like, Victoria's behind all of this. Oh, my God. Like, it took you this long to figure that out, buddy? You guys have superpowers. Your brains are, like, made out of muscles. What? so true <laughs> I have a, I have something to to bring up and it's it's pretty random and look I am I'm not saying that this book has any level of like scientific integrity at all or like like Paige why are you questioning the logistics of this when nothing in this book has made sense and any of the books have made sense but like humans should not consume large amounts of blood. You can literally get blood poisoning from consuming it. And like, 
I don't I don't know if it's like iron poisoning, but have you ever it's very, very gruesome. I'm going to give a trigger warning to anyone listening. Are you familiar with the true crime case of Richard Chase? No. So his like. I don't want to say pen name, his like moniker in the true crime community was the vampire of San Francisco. And he's held up as like like Ed Gein, like a true case of someone who was insane um, when he went to trial. Like, he was very, very mentally ill, but he believed that he was very sick inside, and the only way that he could stop himself from deteriorating was consuming blood. And he literally had... He kept getting sick from it. Like, you, you humans can't do that. So I'm like, Stephanie, come on. This isn't gonna... Like, logistically, this doesn't make sense. Twilight-wise, great. Science is there. Totally makes sense. But in my head, I'm like, I don't think this is going to work. Yeah, I just, it just logistically seems impossible to me. Like, it seems too thick. And it seems like it would disgust Bella too much. What do you think it would taste like? I do got to know. I think it would taste like iron. Like, I think it would be super salty and it would be like irony. That literally, like, made my skin crawl. Like, I mean... No tea, no shade. I've tasted my own blood just because I'm, like, poking myself all the time. And, like, sometimes you'll just, like, clean your face. I mean, that's not hygienic. But I've done it before. I know, like, what a little bit tastes like. Like, it's not good, though. It's not supposed to go in your stomach. Like, when you get a nosebleed, you're not supposed to tilt your head back because then it goes into your stomach and you get sick. Okay, well, maybe. Hear me out. Hear me out. Maybe the baby is facing upwards and it has its mouth open, like, at the bottom of her esophagus somehow. And it's just going to catch it all in its mouth. So, in your case, the baby is not growing in her uterus. It's growing in her stomach. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I mean, maybe. Who's to say? <laughs> that would be horrible. <laughs> the baby has a little baby straw. And it's gone through her guts and is in her stomach, just waiting, waiting for that delicious treat. <laughs> uh, Bloody Marys. Bloody Bellas. Bloody Bellas. Oh, my God. I'd have mine with a pickle. I hate Bloody Marys. Why are you trying to drink hot ketchup? Yeah, I've only had one, and it was, like, Bloody Mary mix from fucking King Supers, which is Kroger's, for those who are not familiar. Um, it was not good. Vodka and tomatoes? Mmm. I mean, maybe if I had, a like, a nice one, it would be better. I like savory. I like all the things that would go in it, except vodka. See, I don't like vodka or tomatoes, so I feel like it's a bad, bad start for me. Yeah, yeah. I want to like them. But I don't want to spend, like, $12 at a restaurant and be like, this is disgusting. Exactly. Why would you eat when you could just get a delicious, fruity drink? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> okay. Um, so, very, very small thing, but on page 239, Jacob refers to Rosalie by saying her revoltingly perfect face was all lit up. I'm like, I want to be revoltingly perfect. That's not an insult. That's not the insult you thought it was. He's continually called her beautiful, like, throughout this entire section. And I'm like, yeah, she's she's a stunner. She's amazing. What if they had a love interest? No, that wouldn't. I like Emmett too much. I like Emmett too much, and I don't think that Jacob would be respectful of her. 
I don't either. But in a world where that could happen, maybe they could be a thruple. I like the concept of Emmett and Jacob sharing a ginger kiss. Why would it be ginger? Because they're hesitant at first. They don't they don't know if they're they, they don't know how they feel about this. They've they're both alphas. They're both manly men. I don't I actually now that I say it, I could totally see Emmett being bicurious. Um Jacob, not so much. I see him being like, I don't know about this, but then when his lips touch Emmett's stone hard lips, the two just melt. <laughs> Someone is writing a fanfic because of you right now. Also, when you said ginger, I asked why ginger, because I thought you meant red hair. And I was like, who's ginger in this equation? I meant it like gingerly. Okay, okay, fair enough. Okay, so they decide to go ask Abella if she would like a blood cocktail. And this bitch, of course, says, all right, I'm down. I... They make this whole deal about like it would be it would be most effective to do it the fast way by making her drink it. I'm like, would it? You already have her hooked up to a million things. Like, why can't you just pump it in? I don't really know how science works, so maybe. But I don't like. I I agree. I don't know how science works, but like feeding tubes are a thing. Like in theory, you could sedate her and put a feeding tube in and then just have it go directly to the stomach or they, I feel like they have like, like they do, there's people who feed themselves through like an exterior thing on their, on the, like on their stomach. It's, I don't, I don't know why perhaps it's something wrong with your esophagus or just like your swallowing abilities, but like there's people who like feed themselves through external like ports on their stomach and they do like like a liquid kind of injection thing that goes directly into their stomach these things exist now i don't know if the baby is altering her body and like her anatomy so maybe that's not a a thing but like i just don't foresee her taking a big huge chug of this and it's go it's gonna go well Okay, so for the stomach port thing, would they have to like cut a hole in her, or it's just like a syringe? It's like a it's like a hole. I think it it's I want to say it's like a little tiny tube. With both of those things that you suggested, sedating her and putting a feeding tube, or that one, I'm like that. I can kind of understand why they're not doing it because I personally would be afraid to sedate Bella because I'd be like, she's not gonna wake up. That's a good point. <laughs> But isn't the whole point of eating food that the nutrients go into your bloodstream? Yeah, but that happens through, like, nutrient absorption in the small intestine. Oh. See, I was like, why don't they just put it straight in her veins? I think that possibly, I mean, like, I don't know if this baby is, like, sucking the nutrients out of, like, every possible access point. But, like, I'm thinking about, like, just fetus anatomy and, like, the placenta and the umbilical cord is, like, I don't, hooked up to, like, I don't, honestly, I don't know. I honestly don't know. But it's not like the baby is taking nutrients straight out of the, like, like, I don't, honestly, I don't know. I don't know where I was going with this. But I think that they could just put blood just right into her bloodstream and it would work. 
but that's not a good story. <laughs> yeah, I kind of got what you were saying before, before you stopped. But also, I would like to say we've bitten off more than we could chew. As two bitches who are chugging dumb bitch juice, we should not speak on this. I'm like, I'm the expert on medical science, actively drinking White Claw. I don't know. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Okay. So, Bella finds out that she has to drink it. At first she thinks... Oh, sorry, I just hit my desk. At first she thinks Jacob's going to donate it, which is so hilarious to me. I I bet he would. I bet he would. Can you imagine if Bella had, like, the, the eroticism, if Bella had to drink Jacob's blood in front of Edward? That would be... Stephanie would be up to no no filthy good agreed but alas they are not gonna do that um bella which i'm like yeah we've just gone over how he has extra chromosomes so i feel like it wouldn't work i don't even know that's like weird to think about but as we talked about earlier they have the blood that carlisle stole from the hospital so it's all good so the chapter ends with bella speaking well, she rasped, barely audible. I'm starving, so I'll bet he is too, trying to make another joke. Let's go for it, my first vampire act. Can we take anything seriously, Bella? Please, you are actively dying. You are in a state of decay. I do gotta say, I kind of love it. I'd rather that than her be like, ah! because she probably is inside, and I certainly would be uh, Internally and externally. I love that she's keeping a sense of humor about it. I guess that's fair. However, I will say, like, imagine Twilight Bella. Would she be acting this way? I do not think so. Yeah. I mean, I guess getting getting banged really good changes a girl. Getting bangs and a vampire fetus. <laughs> that too. Did you have anything I missed? I have something extremely random and it's not important at all. Are you... Are you upset that the name Carlisle has an S in it? <laughs> I have to tell you a story, and you know the person, but I'll bleep out their name. I am saying no only because when these books first came out, I was talking to about them, and she referred to Carlisle as Carlisle, and I literally laughed for 10 minutes. So I'm happy that it's there because I got a good laugh out of it. Every time I think about it, it makes me mildly upset. I'm like, why does it have an S? What is the S doing? I know, it doesn't really have, like, is there any modern precedent for this? Like, is there any other name where that would, an S would be, like, silent and weird? The only word I can think of is the word aisle. Oh. But, like, that's a completely different spelling, too. It's A-I-S-L-E. That's a good point, though. Also, I guess aisle, like, aisle Esme was I-L-S-E. I-S-L-E. Yes. <laughs> that's a good point, too. She... I just don't understand why. Like, why does lasagna have a G in it? The world may never know. 
Was that it? Yeah. Okay. You ready for the two chapter names that we're reading next week? Yes. Okay. Chapter 13, good thing I've got a strong stomach. Chapter 14, you know things are bad when you feel guilty for being rude to vampires. I, the strong stomach one, I think, is pretty self-explanatory. I foresee Bella throwing up. I foresee her... Actually, I foresee two things. One, I foresee her being very ill from doing this act. I can also foresee her being really good at it. Like, I'm trying to think of what would completely disgust Jacob. And, like, of course, a human drinking blood is going to be gross. But, like, to see his beloved Bella kind of, like, not not hating it, I think that that would gross him out even more. So I could see it being one of two ways. What the vampires are up to that he would be rude about. I wonder if she's going to, like, wonder if this is when she's going to pop. I feel like it's got to be close. Like, maybe something, I feel like something bad's going to happen. And maybe their ideas of what to do, Jacob is like, we can't do it that way. Or maybe the pack is going to attack and, like, they're going to, they're just ultimately going to choose something that he completely disagrees with. And he has to be like, you guys are fucking idiots. No, we got to do it this way. So whether that be pack related, whether that be Bella related, I think that I feel like Jacob is going to be maybe a little reasonable. We'll see. Damn. Okay. I like it. Another week, another two chapters. Feeling good. Feeling hot, hot, hot. Um, friend of the pod, Remy, yesterday asked me where we are in Breaking Dawn, and I was like, in the thick of the Jacob of it all, or whatever. <laughs> like, we're just kind of in the Jacob of it all. How many chapters of Jacob are there? A lot. Oh. Anyways, Toast has entered the building. Why are you in here? <laughs> whatever. <laughs> okay. So, I legitimately cannot remember who did socials last time but you're better at it so i'm gonna make you do it yeah we've been getting a lot of really great uh listener interactions let's keep let's keep it freaking coming like let's do it so you can message us on instagram and on tumblr at tuesdays are for twilight we love it um you can tweet at us on twitter at taft pod remember every time we used to joke about president taft Every time we really thought it was funny. We've 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 grown from President Taft. Uh, anyways, if you'd like to send us an email, you can email us at TuesdaysAreForTwilight at gmail.com. Sky, I'm looking at you, you beautiful soul. Um, if you'd like to donate to our Patreon and get included in our Patreon watch party events, you can donate to that at patreon.com slash TuesdaysAreForTwilight. And as always, to also be included in that and to support an amazing, awesome cause, you can check out the Quill Utes and their efforts to move their cultural land to higher ground. And you can find out more, find out how to donate at www.mthg.org. Thank you, Paige. Yeah, and that reminds me, we had shared it on our stories. By the time y'all hear this, it would be like two weeks ago. But the Quill Ute Tribe on Instagram you can just look up the Quileute tribe. They posted a reel of their new school, their new tribal school that they built. 
so really cool to see donations at work and yeah just it's beautiful and they you can tell that they put a lot of work into it and it looks great so yeah go check that out seriously the architecture of it was like breathtaking it seriously is beautiful yes and what distinguishes it is that they moved it literally onto higher ground so it's not at all in the flood zone area which is like that's what it's all about baby amen amen all right thanks for coming along with us and uh we'll see y'all next week for a couple two new chapters Paige, what do you got for him? okay to end this episode i was reminded i do not know why but it's a story from my csu times that is one of my absolute favorite stories of someone just being like it's it reminds me of something that i would do where you just kind of like went with it and then everything kind of just like exploded but you just were like oh well what happens happens we'll see and it's hilarious to me and i would love to share it it was the last time i had i've heard the story told in in person from the person who experienced it was like seven years ago so i don't remember like specifics however i do remember like the generalization of the story so this was one of my archaeology professors and he had him and his crew i guess had been contracted by the government of it was a south american country they had been contracted to help recover some just artifacts some historical artifacts and to do it in like a safe way and to have them preserved basically. So I guess, I, I don't know why it would be contentious, but the government supplied them with like housing and um, food protection. Like they were like all about it. They were super supportive. And the president was like, he would show up all the time and just be like, how's everything going? Like he was a super cool guy. And my professor was just so appreciative of him and just like the cooperation of everything involved. There's a whole National Geographic. Uh, uh, blah, 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 blah. I'm not not discography, um, not biography. Documentary. <laughs> documentary. Yes, I knew it started with a D. <laughs> a whole National Geographic documentary about it. Um, I'm sure I could find it if I did a little bit of Googling because I know what his name is. Um, but Dig goes great however long it was, goes great. So he returns back to CSU and he is just like so, so appreciative of just all how helpful the president and the government was that he wants to give them some kind of recognition from the school because they let some students come and it was just like, he just really wanted to say thank you in a big gesture. So he petitioned the school to be like, hey, can we like, can we set up some kind of award for them? Can we give them something? Like, please, he emailed a bunch of people, never heard back from anyone. He called someone on the phone and they were like, yeah, you can keep trying, but basically it's never gonna happen. Like no one is gonna work with you. So instead of saying, well, shoot, that really sucks. This man decided to just fake it. So he went to a trophy store like a, a trophy store got a big statue of a ram which is like our our the school mascot and they were like what do you want to engrave this and he was like i don't have any awards so he just made up the latin american 
and conservation uh conservation something or other award it was to commemorate some uh, someone who from south america just from latin america who really stands for preservation and this and that he just completely made it up and then flew back to the country to give the president this award from the school quote unquote and there's like it made the front page of the fucking Coloradoan, which is the the newspaper of of this city that like CSU awards President so and so with the Colorado State University Latin American Conservation Award. And to this day, people still email him. How do I nominate someone for this award? How like what what hoops did you have to jump through? To, I can't find any information on this online. How do I do it? And he he says he just deletes their emails. He's like, if someone comes after me and gets me in trouble, I guess I'll I'll face it. But no one's done it yet. People just want to know how to nominate people, and I just delete their emails. And I love that. So no one, like, from the school administration came to him when that article came out and was like, what the fuck? I think because it wasn't, like, they, he didn't give him any money. He didn't give him, like, he just, he paid for everything. He paid for the trip. He paid for the trophy. And I mean, like, it didn't really do them a disservice. I guess they just kind of were, like, maybe they thought it was an award. They, like, I could totally see them being, like, oh, yeah. I guess he won that award and didn't do any follow-up research on it. I could totally see that. And the fact that like, it really was um, like, I didn't really harm anyone. I guess they were fine with it. I don't know. But I think it's just so hilarious that he just rolled with it and just deletes people's emails. I really stand him. He sounds amazing. Um, Let this be a lesson unto all of you. Just answer your fucking emails. Like, he wasn't even asking for that much. You might find that people are literally not asking for that much. Just answer. I say answer your emails as if we didn't take 12 days to respond to Sky. I'm going to, once we hang up, I'm going to do some research and see if I can find the article and send it to you. Because I, like, I looked it up afterwards and it's real. Like, it really did make the front page. We, we will post it on our socials. <laughs> Anyways, on that wonderful note, we will leave you until next week for chapters 13 and 14 of Breaking Down. Bye, y'all. Bye. Our amazing intro and outro music was performed by Danny Plowman and produced by Alberto Beltran. You can follow Danny at Danimal6, and that's six the word, not six the number, Danimal6 underscore on Instagram. Bye.